Welcome to the Chatter in the Box podcast, where your hosts, Liam Skiffington and Matt Indominico, discuss all things baseball. From breaking news to the latest free agent signings, they'll dive into today's game with some of the top minds from around the league. You can catch the latest episode of the Chatter in the Box podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, or Amazon Music, or visit our website at www.chatterinthebox.com. And we are back. Episode five, Chatter in the Box. Five, Matt? That's correct, man. Episode five, things are moving quickly in this box. I'm just so happy to be here. How you doing today, Liam? I'm doing okay, man. Kind of tired, not going to lie. Woke up, worked out, guest pushed, not a big deal. Um, I'm hunkered down. And, and how are you doing? Uh, you know, we're just hunkered down up here in my little humble abode up in Boston. And the snow just started coming down like London Bridge. So uh, there's not a smile on my face, as you can probably tell by the sound of my voice. How much snow are you guys supposed to get? No one knows, man. Nobody knows. They're, like last week, they're like, oh, two inches. Then we get like nine. And now I got to shovel myself out. like. In the middle a, of March, when I thought it would be all set and done, but as a friend of yours for over fifteen years, I would say, mm-hmm. um, what the audience might not know is that Matt is a weather fanatic. It's actually yeah. kind of annoying. Um, so, and you just said you don't know how much snow you're yeah, getting. Yeah. I I don't believe that. Yeah, you know, I'm being honest. I'm being honest. Uh, as of and when March first strikes, I stop looking at any snow forecast possible because even an inch is depressing to me. So my least, um, we'll say, my least month of predictability is March. Fair enough, man. I didn't even. Think, I don't look I into the weather March because I just I want summer, man. I want summer, and it's happening, but it's not happening because we'll have a sixty degree day, and then we'll have you know it's New England, twenty two degrees now, it's snowing and uh i might just go hop, hop off the zaken bridge but it's well, no big deal. i think i think that we all are eager for summer to get here i'm eager for spring to get here spring training's kicked off season's about right around the corner but we do have a lot of baseball action going on today and over the course of the next couple of weeks with the wbc i believe there's let's see one two three four five six games today we got israel puerto rico Colombia, Mexico, Dominican, Venezuela, Great Britain versus United States. I can't wait to watch that game. 9 p.m. Eastern for those in the audience that want to watch that. Czech Republic versus Korea after that at 10. And then Chinese Taipei versus Cuba at 11. Matt, your thoughts on the WBC so far? What kind, What team do you like? What team stands out? What team do you hate? Um, I, I, think, I think it's really hard um to go against the favorites right now and i think that being uh japan probably um one of the hottest teams and most likely teams to take it all uh, you can talk about the u.s lineup being one of you hear almost every media outlet that this u.s lineup is one of the greatest lineups assembled i like to see it um uh, perform on the field um so i mean the u.s i mean they could even be looking at like a second to third place um, just kind of be, if you're looking at the Vegas odds, what you're hearing in the media, uh, I think Japan is the clear favorite. And then also you got teams like the Dominican who stacked uh, Venezuela stacked. Um, so it, it should be a lot of fun, man. A lot of great baseball to come. Um, and one thing I think I'm going to be surprised about is how decent the Italian team is, man. Uh, I can't not 
bring up my Italian heritage. And it, I know they lost, uh, it was Chinese Taipei the other day. Um, they came back and won, but the Italian team's got some solid players on the field, man. And let's not, not talk about the Nespresso machine that they have in their dugout. Man, they might just win it all. They, they might just win it all because they have espresso in the dugout. You want to talk about that? What are your thoughts on that, Liam? Espresso in the dugout? Y- yeah. Do I That's, think it should be that, mandated that, across you... professional teams? Not necessarily. Do I love myself a little espresso? I hate people that say espresso. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's not even, it's, it's not it's even spelled that way. I know. Where is Where that. in the book is it spelled with an X? I it's said, I said, I hate people that say that. No, I, I, I don't say it. I'm agreeing with you. Why do people say, if you say espresso, I don't even want you listening to this right now. You don't deserve anything in life, to be honest, for that's, being blunt here. Uh, that's attacking probably Man, most of the sorry. audience. Um, no problem. No problem. Um, so I actually love Team USA. Um, not being a homer, not trying to be biased. I do think it is one of, if not the best lineup ever constructed. I think um, See, Mark DeRosa at the helm of that. What? What? No, no, I'm just saying. I'm saying you hear it every day. Best lineup. I want to see it. It's all I'm saying. I just want to see it. Someone's got to so show me. You don't me. believe. Yeah. So on. I understand like on paper and actual on field performance. Are, That's what I'm saying. There's different. Okay. But like you yeah. still like. I mean. I mean, you can't you can't expect a lineup with Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Kyle, Kyle Tucker. Um, yeah. Who else? And, and all hitters. those guys. Greatest hitters in the game. Best hitters in the game. To not perform. I just want to see them on this stage. I'm not saying they can't perform. I, it, this is just a different. This what is, is your different. What is your skepticism about this team, though? Like, is it all it's the egos? Nice. Has it to like do with what? the players, dude? Has nothing to do with the players. So it has to do with the I, I am a, I'm a sports skeptic in the sense that you could put the greatest five players out of all time on a basketball court, and they might face it. Like on any given day, anyone can. All I'm saying is anyone can win, man. Just by saying my point. Here's my point. Just by saying it's the greatest lineup ever assembled, which it very well may be on paper, does not mean they're going to win the whole damn thing. I don't. I, I don't disagree. Talk is cheap. Um, I just, and there's, that, there's a lot of talented talk teams. Is, there's a lot of really talented teams. I'm not saying they're cheap. the clear favorite to run away with it. I'm not saying they're going to bulldoze every team, but I do think they're That's probably what going saying. to come out victorious. And and if they don't, I see that. <sighs> I like Team Japan, man. I think their pitching is head and shoulders above everybody else. But sure. I don't know that Team Japan, and they also have that camaraderie. They all, most of those players on that team did just win a gold medal a couple of years ago. So it's it, it's tough to beat that type of camaraderie um, with a team that's been playing together for years. And then now you take like a team like USA. They're those guys haven't been. They've been playing in the league together for years, but they haven't been playing side by side with each other for years. If that right. makes sense. Yeah. Makes complete sense. And that's, um, that's all I'm yeah. saying. I don't, I don't doubt these players who, who in their right mind could doubt anyone on that starting line. No, nobody could. You don't even have to have a brain to know. One that. thing I do think, and I'm curious to see how this is moving forward with the WBC. I, like there, 
there has to be a little bit more parity throughout these teams, I think, specifically teams like teams like Czech Republic and teams like Great Britain, like in baseball, there's uh, obviously there's a lot of Latin players. There's a lot of American players. Those players typically go play for their home country or their family's home country or any sure. whatever, whatever you want to call it. But in ter- like Czech Republic and Great Britain, like they have they have high school teachers on their teams and they're about to go pitch against Mike Trout. I don't high like school teachers. there has to legitimately high school teachers and that like awesome, like bravo. That's awesome. You can teach high school and also play in a professional baseball tournament, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're going to excel in that tournament. You're facing the best in the world, not not the greatest, the best in the world. And you're then you're gonna like what's funny is like most of these guys are going to go home after this tournament, most likely after losing this tournament, and just go back to their normal jobs. And that's kind of that's wild to me, man. It is like wild. you just face Mike Trout on monday and you're gonna go back and teach your class of fifth graders on geometry Tuesday. Yeah. that's yeah that's wild to me so and, i think there really has to be something done about putting more parity on those teams but in the same breath i might contradict myself here there you get to you get to choose who you play for based on like your your country of origin pretty much and yeah. i don't there's it's tough to say like oh go play for czech republic go play for great britain go play for mm-hmm. this team that team I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just, just my, just my unsolicited two cents. Very unsolicited and very much two cents. Um, I guess the only thing that I have to say about that is, I think it does give a lot of players that aren't going to make, like for example, the U.S. team, an opportunity to go play for a country. Um, if you have ties, so like Kike Hernandez playing for Mexico, like you see a lot of players that will probably never play. For, well, Kiki Hernandez, Kiki Hernandez is playing for Puerto Rico. I'm, I'm sorry, Puerto Rico. Alex Verdugo um, is playing for Mexico. Alex Verdugo is playing for Mexico. Sorry about that. Guys. You're welcome. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for, I'll get us. Thank there. you for keeping me aligned here, buddy. Yeah. Uh, so Verdugo playing for Mexico, a, a guy that will never play on the U.S. roster. Uh, it does give some players. I like the flexibility that you know you don't have to be Mexico born. Um, it's like you have your parents. We were Liam and I were just kind of fighting about this, and we realized we were talking about the same thing. Where that's that's one one person's opinion on that. But so 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 let me let me kind of lay out how you qualify for a certain team. You you have to have a link to a country, whether it's you have a citizenship, you were born there, or one of your parents has citizenship or was born there, which makes sense. You can't just go, this isn't just a free agent market where you can just go sign with any country. Um, but it does give you some flexibility where you don't have to be uh, born in a certain country to play for that country. And then, again, gives like players like Alex Verdugo a chance to go represent a country uh, on the world stage. Um, I don't know why you would ever say no to an opportunity like that. Uh, and then, again, if you're a high school teacher and get the chance to play in the World Baseball Classic, are you, are you freaking kidding me? Well, some players say no simply due to the injury risk. Some players' teams don't allow them to do it. Um, right. I know the Dominican team recently asked Boston if Rafael Devers could play um, first base, and they said absolutely under no circumstances is he allowed to go near first base yeah. because he just signed that massive deal. And yeah. if he got hurt, that would be – I remember in 2013 – player salaries are now covered if they get hurt by the WBC. Cause I remember in 2013 
watching the same tournament, Mark Teixeira broke his wrist, and that's what set the ball rolling for um, teams to start. Yeah, kind of saying yes and no to their players participating in extracurricular yeah. tournaments and, and, stuff like this. And all the players are on very strict pitch counts too. Yeah, so, you're not going to see starters go nine innings. You're probably no, see not even. Four. I don't even. I don't think you're going to see them go six. Well, it's still spring training, man. Too, these guys are still ramping up for a 162 yeah. game season. So that's, that's that's the other. And as a manager, yes. that makes it that makes it so much harder on guys like Mark DeRosa and these managers because they're not. It, it's you. You have to manage different. You're almost managing like a bullpen game. The the, the World Baseball Classic wraps up at the end of March. In opening day, is some of these players are going to be getting home like a few days before opening day. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. Um, and I, I, I don't know how they do it. And then you also got to think, is there going to be a team chemistry issue when these guys get back? Like they haven't been part of the team the past month, you know, maybe, you know, six, six weeks, whatever it is. Does that, do we ever see that happen post-World Baseball Classic? I don't know. Honestly, um, should be interesting. You know, you guys got, you got guys like Mookie, Trout, um, all these almost MVP caliber players that are off playing on the world stage and then they come back and then they play for their team. And listen, I, I, th- I think it's great. I just, the timing of it, I think could be a little bit better if we're talking about the MLB season. I don't know, man. That's a good point, it's, Matt. I never thought of that before. It's tough in March. Point. I mean, l- listen, you can, you can still play baseball in December and January, but like, Mid spring training, coming back and then throwing on your uniform and getting ready to play after not practicing with the team for five weeks. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, Something all fair points. Be- Very fair points. Um, so Matt, our guest should be coming on probably in like around ten minutes, I would hope. Um, but before that, I have a little bit of a surprise for you. Oh. This is going to be. This is a new, <laughs> and I was gonna. I know I mentioned this to you lightly um, earlier in the week. And honestly, looking back, I wish I didn't say anything because I wish I just got to get your reaction real time right now. Bad move on my part. Moving forward, won't make that same mistake again. But this is a segment. I don't know why. I just thought of it. It's called MNK. Might not know. So every week, I'm going to give you five to six baseball quotes questions that you as the host of a baseball podcast should know and if you the you need to get for this game to stop with each episode you need to get go five for five just i mean let's level set anyone listening liam loves to see me in pain as a friend uh call it as you will (laughs) I can promise you this probably will not go well the first time, which is fine. It's fine. I will get all six eventually, but I just had to level set with that because I I can just see where this is going, and you're going to get a Pig, lot of enjoyment piggybacking out of this, off of that point. everyone off. Cry me a river. Pig, piggybacking off of that point, I I gave you fair warning. I literally said, if I were you, I texted you yesterday and I said, Matt, as a friend and a mentor, I would mentor. say, if I were you, <laughs> I did that on purpose. I wanted to get your reaction from Matt too. Jesus. 
I said, what did I say? I said, I would brush up on the shit you should know. Brush you up. Said, let me just, you let said, me just, what does that mean? Let me just type the shit I should know on the Google. Well, I, hey, I could, like I said, I could have gave you nothing in my brain. I kind of gave you everything. Let's so go. Let's run it. Let's run it. Let's go. Okay. All right. And these are like, these aren't necessarily timed, but like, you're not getting 30 seconds to think about these. MMK might not know. Okay, got it. Okay. First, first rendition of MMK. Let's see Let's how go. it goes. Let's go. Bring it on. All right. Ready? Question no. number one, Matt. Name a player from Panama. Uh, Zan. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. On the Panama roster or no, like no, no. Any player in history from Panama. Oh, Mariano Rivera. Yeah. Hi, God. Glad you saw that social media video. I was worried about that one. Okay. <laughs> Question number two. Question number two. Where is Roberto Clemente from? Puerto Rico. Yeah. Okay. Um <laughs> thought he had one. me. <laughs> Good one. Okay, Matt. Who? Question number three. And then after this question, they get a little harder. Glad you got those two, though. Put a loss of a lot of credibility there. Mm -hmm. Which player in MLB history has the most MVPs of all time? Liam, that's a great question. Oh, oh, got it. <laughs> it's Barry Bonds. Oh my God, dude. I wish so badly you got that wrong. Yeah. So I wish you got that wrong. Oh my God. All right. So we're three for three right now. <laughs> you thought, you thought. And here's where, here's where things are going to start getting tricky in this segment, because the first three they're not necessarily grooved pitches right down the middle, but they're, I mean, they're pretty basic stuff. Okay. Right. Get off your high horse. Let's go. Come I'm on. not getting off my high horse. I, you, I, you got them right. I'm not on a high horse. Okay. But I'm so, saying the, the next two, like, I'm not just going to okay. give you this. So, Matt, in 1986, who hit the ball that Bill Buckner okay buffed at first base in the 1986 World Series. Um, okay. I have a name in my head. Based off your reaction, I think I, I would think that the name is right, but I the thing is, don't just surprise me in the past. I know two names were mentioned in that play, and I always get them mixed up and i all right i'm just gonna say it's mookie wilson yep correct good job we're four for four on the first rendition of this you just can't stop me go (laughs) you said it was gonna be hard oh oh my (laughs) god i could be asleep right now doing this okay matt who would mr hotshot this is uh, for the audience like this is where i just put him in a body bag 
who was the first African-American player in AL history? Done. Okay, so uh, it's not the obvious. Well, it's not going to be. It's not the uh, what? What was the obvious one? Well, and, and I, I didn't mean obvious, but like it would have been. I feel like m- most people's first guess, but I, I'm not going to say it because I know that's not the right answer. Um, it looks like we got Robert with us. Morning, fellas. Morning, Morning Robert. How you doing? Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. You I appreciate it. you taking the time. No problem. How's everything going? How's your day going so far, Robert? And what can what are you up to this weekend? Uh, working today and just relaxing tomorrow. All right. You that Saturday, Robert? <laughs> yeah, it's tax season. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Busy season. So we appreciate you taking the time for us. Thanks um, for so, Robert, me. you work for – you are the head of the sports and entertainment department at PKF. O'Connor Davies, right? Correct. So can you tell us a little bit about how, like, tell us about your start, man. How did you get into the tax game? What attracted you to it? And how did you ascend to the position you're in now, helping these athletes and uh, entrepreneurs? Sure. I was always a big sports fan. Uh, and when I was younger, I used to watch games and announce games. But I didn't I didn't want to go away to college. Otherwise, I would have probably gone to Syracuse to try to become an announcer. But with the Brooklyn accent, I don't know that would have worked. So, <laughs> um, I I got started in in college. Uh, I always used to follow sport, follow sports business stuff, and then I worked for a big accounting firm. And then we left the big accounting firm. We started our own place, and that lasted well for about seven years. We sold that, and then you know just a, along the years, I came more and more in, in tax, and I started and. and athletes and i started to work in the area started to write some articles got a big break when i was on uh w uh, npr radio um that worked out really well i I thought i didn't know how the session went and then when all the responses my twitter handles went crazy so uh that was really a big jump for me i gotta ask you about your twitter handle the sports tax man right did you give yourself that name or did social media give you that name i think i gave myself that name you know and it was when I was younger working in the business, somebody used to call me the tax man. So I just came up with that and I didn't realize how good of a stroke of luck that was. Well, it definitely sticks. I can tell you that. It certainly sticks. Um, Robert, so we wanted to get you on today to kind of get your take on the jock tax controversy that's happening in Pittsburgh right now. Yep. And so could, would you be able to kind of tell the audience what is going on with that um, lawsuit and kind of explain what a jock tax is before we get into the nitty gritty of it? Sure. The jock tax is a tax that athletes pay as they go to visit all these different states and or cities and maybe even foreign countries. So um, that it started way back when, in I think in 1992, when the Bulls and the Lakers were playing in the NBA finals. And Chicago legislature got wind of the fact that the Bulls were being taxed by California when they were playing there. So in a bill that was informally titled Michael Jordan's Revenge, they started to tax the Illinois athletes as they came to California. Now, it's not the worst thing in the world because you get a credit in your resident state, so you're pretty much made whole. You get screwed when the rates are higher, like in California, and you can't get a full credit back in your resident state. So 
that's where the job tax gets started. In, in the city of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is taxing residents and non-residents, and the Players Associations got together and went to court and defeated Pittsburgh, except now Pittsburgh's appealing it, so we're still in the hands of the court. So within the, the reason that uh, lawsuit was brought to light, Robert, is because Pittsburgh, um, if you were an athlete and a resident of Pittsburgh, you were being taxed 1% on your income and visiting athletes were being taxed th- at a rate three times higher than that? That's correct. How How is that non-discriminatory? How is that legal? How are they getting away with doing that? I'm I'm not sure. Um, it does seem unfair, but like I said, it's in court right now to try to rectify this. Mm-hmm. And Robert, do you know if this is if, is the jock tax exclusive to athletes, or can entertainers and people that use um, those publicly funded arenas also be taxed similarly? Technically, if you fellas came to New York to do a podcast, technically you would be taxed by New York State. Now, one can argue maybe you're not high price high profile yet or highly paid yet and you you wouldn't be as easy to identify because what, what these states do they have people that work there that look at the box scores that look at the games look who's on the roster who is not on the roster and they go after these guys especially mm-hmm. california and new york are the two stodgiest uh, states in terms of going after players and they go after aggressively sometimes a couple of years after you played there do you, do you find that the incredible tax rates and like you just said, they go after these athletes in California, New York, does that keep players away in some cases? Have you ever seen a case where someone won't sign with the New York or California team for that reason? Um, I think what it is, is Matt, is they have, when you look at a contract, like a free agency is coming up this week, say if right. somebody wanted to sign with California. So what we'll do is we'll look at the best deal from California before taxes and after taxes, and then look at another deal, say, from Florida. And so we often say the best gross deal may not be the best net deal. And anybody who doesn't consider taxes, not as the overriding concern in in deciding where to go free agency, but you have to at least look at it to see what the money really means after taxes. And Jordan Poyer, about a week ago, the Buffalo uh, defensive back, said he he wants to go somewhere that doesn't take half his paycheck. He's a smart guy. Yeah. Perfectly reasonable. <laughs> so, Robert, would you be able – so uh, let's take – this is the baseball podcast. So let's take Manny Machado's situation um, with the Padres. How much – so $350 million he signed with um, in California. How much would he have – how much more would he have made had he signed with Tampa Bay or Miami? So what he did, he, he's he's somewhere along the line – Somebody on his team, his uh, financial team, got what knew the thing for him to do was to get a large signing bonus. I don't remember what it was, but it was more than $25 million. If the right language is in his contract, he won't pay any California tax on that signing bonus. Well, you say, well, I'll take three hundred fifty as a signing bonus. I want to be you know, greedy and get all the money out of California. You can't do that, but I think he had some good planning, and he was able to um, – circumvent some of the California laws with the signing bonus and, and get that uh, n- no tax in California. So these athletes are able to kind of maneuver around that because of individuals that do work like you do, or is it somebody else that's taking care of that? In both. Um, I, I've, I've got a dad this week who called me up and said, look, 
my son's going to be a free agent. His first two years in the league, he didn't perform that well. But his last two, he really played well on the defensive side of the ball. So he said, I want to be able to call you in split second and say, okay, what's the deal with, you know, 40 million in California or 40 million in Arizona or 40 million in Seattle? So uh, he wants to be able to do that. And we're going to do some calculations for him to try to get him. He, he definitely is interested in the most money. Some players play there because of the team or the, uh, you know, weather or, or they're familiar with the defensive concept. This particular gentleman was interested in getting the most money net possible. Do you find that in your experience, Robert, you've worked with probably hundreds of athletes over your career, I would assume. Do you find that with a lot of them, money is their biggest motivation? Money is their biggest driver um, for signing anywhere, playing anywhere? Some Sometimes it is, Liam. Um, but what, what it also is, is you got to look at different things. Is, is, is the team uh, – in good shape to, to contend for a Super Bowl. Is that defensive scheme one scheme that I'm used to playing in? Do I know any of the coaches there? Do I know any of the players there? And they'll look at that. But again, I, there may be 10 items you check off the box when you're free agency. Taxes should definitely be one of them. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, everyone loves tax deductions, right? So we actually spoke with Jacob Turner uh, the other week, and he said in a professional athlete's life, their biggest expense is taxes. What, if any, tax deductions are available for these guys, like write-offs? Are there any advantages to take that they can do? A couple of years ago, the IRS uh, disallowed, began to disallow what's known as unreimbursed employee business expenses. And in that category, Matt, to, directly to your question, uh, agent fees, union dues, conditioning costs, uh, temporary housing, telephone, you know, all those sort of items are no longer deductible when you have an athlete receiving a W-2, which means the athlete is an employee. So that's a big hit, and I see your reaction, Liam, that that's a big hit for the athletes. And the truth is they don't have much in terms of deduction. They have deductions that other normal people have, like uh, mortgage interest, real estate taxes, uh, charity, and things like that. So, you know, there's not as much deductions as many deductions. Now, where you can make out is when you do endorsements, or you're a tennis player or a golfer, you're not an employee, you're an independent contractor, and then all those deductions come into play. Because then you're a 1099 employee at that That's point, right. right? Got it. Interesting. So if you're if you're a member of the PGA, you don't actually work, you're not an employee for the PGA. Right. You're self-employed. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't did know. You that. Say, did you say that the players have to pay for it, not their travel expense, but their stay away from home? In, in other words, if if a player lives in California but he's playing temporarily in Pittsburgh. Yeah. His Pittsburgh home could be viewed as a temporary space and all his expenses under the old law would be tax deductible. When they're on the road, you're correct, Matt, the, the teams pay for that. Right. So okay. because that those things are no longer tax deductible, that makes it almost more important for these guys to diversify their income, right? Right. That, that's why you have to really be careful breaks. with the state taxes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. So, Robert, MLB has been floating around the idea of implementing a salary cap over the next few years. What can what could fans expect in terms of like the mega deals we're so used to seeing um, if MLB were to implement a salary cap like that? Uh, the players would never allow it. 
I, I just couldn't see it happening. And I think with this TV revenue, especially with football, the, the revenue is going so high that you're going to see a $50 million a year quarterback. Aaron Rodgers will make that where every plays this year. But you're going to see more and more guys get more and more pet as the TV deals go up. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's really interesting because, you know, you see these guys making this kind of money and they're only playing part of the year. They got extraordinary ability, but you really want to make sure they put the most money in the pocket. And that's why the state tax uh, consideration is extremely important. So you think that it's your opinion that MLB will never go for a salary cap? MLBPA will never allow it. Interesting. Very interesting. One thing I've also wondered, uh, Robert, when players go over the border and play in Canada, so you're talking about like the Raptors, the Blue Jays, do those players pay federal taxes in Canada and the U.S.? How does that work? Is it a work sure. visa? Good question. If, if you're an athlete and you play for the Blue Jays, you pay federal income tax in Canada and provincial income tax in Canada. Provinces in Canada are like the cities. But between the two, and you guys are sitting down, so you may not be too surprised, between the two, you're paying 53.5% to Canada and only getting the credit back in the U.S. at 37%. So basically, when I when somebody asks me where should I play, I say it's easy as ABC, anywhere but California and anywhere but Canada. <laughs> you heard it here first. So, you know, you, you really don't want to be in Canada if you don't have to. However, if you do, one piece of planning you can use is if you get a signing bonus in Canada, between the U.S. and Canada have a treaty that the signing bonus is only taxed at 15% by Canada. So you would get a full credit for the 15 back in the U.S., and you'd be much better off than paying 53% on normal wages. Are there any alternative or incentives for playing in Canada then at that point? I well, mean, you could do some other arrangements called a registered compensation arrangement and a couple other things that would work. But, you know, you, you really don't want to play in Canada if you don't have to. Okay. I won't. Robert, would you, say that, <laughs> would you say that Canada and California are the two worst places to play in terms of um, taxable income? It starts paying the most tax, yes. The other place that would be brutal would be New York City because you have a New York State tax and you also have a New York City tax, although you only pay the city tax if you reside in the city. You don't pay it if you're a non-resident of New York, whereas you would pay the New York State tax if you were a non-resident for the games and the days you work in New York. Mm-hmm. Got it. Wow. So many ins and outs of taxes. I'm glad we have you on here, Robert, to give us a little (laughs) bit of clarity. Um, So what does your day to day at PKF O'Connor Davies look like? Like, are you just are you just filing these guys taxes all day long or what what else is your role? What else do you do? Sure. We we try to make sure that um, I'm tweeting pretty often to try to get more publicity for the firm. Um, We take calls like this week. We'll take a number of calls on free agency and the best net deal. Um, so we'll, we'll do that. And this this time of the year has really spent a lot on doing tax returns. So you are also like an advisor for these guys for free agency. So that means you're, um, you're collaborating with their agents and uh, everyone else on their team uh, to try and determine the best deal for them? That's right. The agents will ask us, you know, okay, I'm about to sign this guy here. What's the best net deal for him? Now, it's interesting because the agents get paid on gross dollars. Yep. So they're, they're all pushing for the best gross deal, when in fact that may not be the best net deal for players. 
So that's an interesting conundrum. Have you ever had a situation where like you you thought A, but player's agent thought B, and then you guys are button heads? Um, yeah, but we, we let the player ultimately decide. But yes, that has happened. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it up a little bit. So I don't know. I'm sure you know to some extent, Robert. Yesterday was a big day in Massachusetts as yep. gambling, online sports betting, is officially launched yesterday in Massachusetts. I'm up near Boston. And one of my favorite things you do on Twitter is like, let's say someone wins like a $100,000 parlay. You're like, the IRS will get its share, <laughs> right? So can you explain how taxes work like in terms of gambling? Like, How do you report a $100,000 parlay that you win? Um, I would imagine that FanDuel uh, would report you know, your winnings and you would be able to deduct your losses to the extent of the winnings. But I, a guy who wins $100,000 who's just an occasional gambler, I don't think yeah. he's going to have $100,000 of losses. So you would pick that up on your taxes, the net between the, the losses and the gains, and you would pay tax on that. And believe me, if you're getting that much money, somebody's reporting it somewhere. Right. But although so, it's fun to see these parlays, you know, I risked five dollars and I I took home fifty five thousand. You know, why crazy. can't I? Why can't I hit one of these? <laughs> Does anyone know why? It's this is not fair, man. But so, do, do is there like a set amount that you recommend to set aside? Because I've seen some people like take your gains and put blank percent away because the IRS is going to come get it. If it's a couple hundred thousand, I would encourage you to put away at least 40%. A lot would also depend on what state you reside in. Um, so you would right. you would have to pay tax to that state, and that's why the, the number would be higher. If you resided in Florida or Washington or Texas where there was no tax, you'd have to pay less tax. Very interesting. Well, it makes sense. <laughs> Robert, What? so you're a New Jersey native. What teams are you a fan of? Or is that a conflict of interest for you? Oh, no, it's not. The Dallas Cowboys, for sure. Since okay. I was a little kid, I was a big Cowboy fan. Uh, unfortunately, in the ni- fortunately, in the 90s, they were very good, but they haven't yeah. done too well in the playoffs uh, the last couple of years. And uh, I- I'd love to see the day Jerry sold the team, but doesn't seem to be happening. He just seems to be getting younger and younger in his 80s and still buying yeah. heads on all these free agency signings and doing bad deals. Uh, the Cowboys, the Mets, the Knicks, and the Rangers. Cowboys and Nets. Cowboys, Knicks, Rangers. Okay. Wow. Okay. So what do you think about the Knicks right now? I'm sorry? What do you think about the Knicks right now? Uh, The last couple of games hasn't been good. If Brunson's going to be out for a while, that's going to be a problem. Um, But they've had a good game. They've been beating up on my Celtics a little bit. We're starting to slow down. I don't know what's going on, but we'll be back. We'll be back for the Eastern (laughs) Conference Finals, I'll tell you that. You said Mets, Robert? Yes. What do you think of Steve Cohen? Love him. He's a guy who's really putting his money where his mouth is. I would have liked to really see them get Correa, but that didn't pan out. Um, Mm -hmm. But he seems to be spending. The only team spending more than him is the Padres. What do you you think of a brand new owner in sports in general coming in and just saying, I'm going to spend whatever I need to spend to make sure this team wins? Especially like everyone knows Steve Cohen is – a fan like imagine if you just picked up the Mets and then uh got to run them what would you do yeah it's it's crazy the amount of money he's spending but he's not going against the rules I'm sure the other owners are perturbed with him but um he's playing by the rules and if he wants to go out and spend spend such dollars he can and you know come the all-star regular training deadline he might be looking to add players for the stretch run 
certainly. Hey, I guarantee they'll be active at the trade deadline. Yeah. There's no doubt. Um, so, Robert, also, again, as a New Jersey native, you have to be a Bruce Springsteen, right? That's, I missed your question. As a New Jersey native, you have to be a Bruce Springsteen fan, right? 100%. Give me your top three. Before we let you go, give me your top three albums from Bruce Springsteen. All right. Uh, I don't know if I can name the Adam, not, you know, albums I can name Glory Days, uh, Born in the USA. That's, oh, oh, basic. Come on, Robert. Give me something. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big, uh, there's a big difference. Okay, yeah. all right. Give me one. Give me one other song you like, other than one of the classics. Um, not coming yeah. up with it. Yeah, all right, Leon. Leon, <laughs> right. Leon thinks he's a big Bruce Springsteen guy. Just I, I don't think I. I let him, where I you let from? It. We're well, both that... from uh, a little town called East Long Meadow, Massachusetts. Nice, it's right outside of Springfield. And that's yeah. where you guys are based now. I'm based Boston in Boston. Now. He's in Nashville. Okay. Nashville, not yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I'll, be, I'll be back in New Jersey soon, Robert. Oh, you will be. Good for you. We'll yep. have to have Thank lunch. you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I will let you know when, when it's not sure. tax season. <laughs> appreciate it. Um, all right. Robert Rayola, we really appreciate you coming on, stepping in the box, uh, giving us a little intro into jock tax, and we appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much. And until Thanks, next Robert, time, my friend. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you. You can also follow Robert on Twitter at SportsTaxMan. Give him a follow. He's a great follow. Thanks, Liam. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate you, Robert. Have a good one. All right. I think we're good. We're we're not done here, Matt. We're not done here. Yeah, we We are not done here. First of all, what a great, what a great guest. Great, great guest. Um, what we do you want to start with a recap here or we can go i was mid answering i know i, was, I know I, i'll just tell you this i'm i don't know the answer to the question if anyone needs a, a refresher he asked me who the first african american player was in the american league right before robert jumped on and it was, i thought about it during the show a little bit it didn't come to me so i'm going to tap out i know it's not jackie robinson so you're going to have to tell me who it was. Who was it, Liam? The first African-American player in American League history is the one, the only, Larry Doby. Okay. So I wasn't going to say that. So I guess I'll be on MNK next week. Yep, um, you will. So I might not know. Um, but yeah, great, dude. Great. Four for five, Matt. Great, great start to this. Did I, did, I, did, I, did, did I shock your toes a little bit there? No, you absolutely did not shock my toes. You, okay. you, you knowing a baseball player from Panama did not shock my toes. Nor did you knowing Roberto Clemente was from Puerto Rico did not put me on the floor. And that segment was brought to you by Aquafina. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> we wish. No, I, I, uh, no, but talking about Robert. Um, great, insightful, and I now this is two podcasts in a row where we begin to talk about the financial side of the game a little bit, which is not talked about enough. And that's a little business of baseball in this, in this place. Business, business of baseball. To some some of my roots here, um, and again, great insight. Jacob Turner gave us more of the advising side. You know how he helps plan 
a professional athlete for long str- long-term strategic wealth. And then this guy is telling you, here's the best net deal that you can get. You're going to walk away with the most money uh, by going to a team in Florida versus California or a team in Tennessee over uh, Toronto. Mm-hmm. So really, really cool, insightful stuff. And again, I think this needs to be talked about more. And I think young athletes need to be educated more on this because they don't know these things. You don't know. I mean, you, your focus is playing a D1 sport. You're just focused on being good in the game, Focus on being seen. I don't, I'm not confident that 80% of these athletes playing, playing D1 sports thinks about where am I going to get the best net deal? Because it can make a, in some cases, it can make a $10 million difference. And listen, buddy, I'm not sitting on $10 million right now. So I could tell you for free, I would go for the best net deal probably in most cases. But then, you know, you get your guys like, I want to win a championship. Of course, you want to win a championship. But then you get the guys that, well, yeah, like you said, want to win a championship. Then you get the guys, I meant to also ask Robert, like, you get the guys who like, just like the optics of a $350 million deal rather than a $250 million deal. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it can yeah. look, it can look as pretty as you want it to look. The the art of the day, deal. Still- we love the deals. The deals are so incredible. We save so many taxes. I'll tell you for free. We reduce taxes and we love the tax cuts. You were saying? I don't remember corresponding with Donald Trump's team to come on the podcast, but I'm glad we landed. Well, we love a good deal. We love to, listen, I cut the tax rate significantly. And these players, they deserve the best. They deserve the most money in their pockets, the most money. And that's why we don't like taxes. And that's why we don't like living in California and Canada. I, I, yeah, I, I told Donald he could get a little um, cameo on the podcast. So, oh, you uh, set up that interview. Yeah, it was real quick. He hopped. Yeah, oh, he's a, looks like he looks hey. like he's gone now. But thank you. Yeah, um, it looks like he just hopped out. Yeah, hopped out. Thanks for joining, Donald. Uh, you can follow him at uh, the real Donald Trump. Um, I think he has a Twitter. I'm not sure, but I, I actually feel like it could be banned. I don't. Yeah. Um. Robert Rayola, great guest. Um, Matt, anything else? WBC today. U.S. Like we'll 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 come back to this. My prediction yep. for U.S. Great Britain tonight is that the United States wins by double digits. Double digits. Yes. Okay, we're gonna make this into a clip. Maybe we're gonna take this, and then after the game, clip it. Clip it. And I will have I will have this this clip tomorrow when tomorrow because morning. they will win they're going to win by 10 they just beat the angels eight nothing in an exhibition game in spring yep. training they're going to and this is their first game in this tournament they're adam going Wainwright. to flex adam yeah, wainwright on the bump right i don't really necessarily think i love adam wainwright on the bump however like i said he is facing like high school teachers so i think regardless his 41 year old stuff will certainly right. play against these well like, by the time you guys listen to this, regular this game, by the time you guys listen to this, this game will have already happened. I hope you got the chance to watch the USA play the high school teachers tonight. And according to Liam, they're going to win by double digits. So this was recorded before the game. You know what? I'll also say double digit win. 
Mike Trout and Mookie Betts both have more than one hit apiece. All right, should I parlay that player prop? You can you, you can do whatever legal in Massachusetts, I, I now, baby. Let that, that be your first one. Let that be your first one. Yep. Legal. It's legal. Okay. All right. That's that for this episode of Chatter in the Box. We will see you guys next week. We'll see you.